Talking with Topher is sponsored by slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, and naturalbossnh.com. More on that later. Let's get into episode 61. What is happening, TWT fans? I am so glad to be back. It is Monday, May 31st, Memorial Day. It is really late in the afternoon, and I'm going to get more into that in a moment, but I want to start off by saying I hope everybody's having a great start to the Thursday. And uh, don't forget to check out the sponsors, as this helps the podcast stay afloat. All right, and I want to thank all the new subscribers. Yes, that's right. All of you that subscribed last week, thank you so much. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And remember to set those alarms so you know when all the new podcasts upload. If you are new to the podcast, remember to subscribe, give a thumbs up for the video, set those alarms, and rate and review the podcast. That's right. Rating, reviewing, sharing this thing, all of that helps me come back week after week, and it keeps the podcast afloat. So do these things, and thank you so much for everybody who already does. I appreciate it greatly. If you want to get involved with the podcast, I've got an email. It's the official email of the podcast, T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. Put whatever you want to talk about in the subject line, and we'll get that conversation started. Maybe you're looking for some advice. Maybe you just quit drinking. Whatever you want to talk about. Put it in the subject line and send it on over to the official email of the podcast, T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. Again, that is T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media. That's right. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, So go there, give a follow, enjoy the extra content throughout the week. Again, that is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And now with all of that out of the way, let's get on with the episode. Like I said, it is Memorial Day. It is super late in the afternoon. I try to get ahead of things. I try to just do better. And, um... Well, I, I, I filled up my plate with a bunch of stuff um, that I wanted to get done, and I did. I had it all done by noon. I was almost ready to jump onto the podcast, and then there was a couple other things I needed to do, and unfortunately, it really tied into my time. It, it really did, and now I tried a bunch of new stuff with the cameras and all this stuff, and I wasted like another two hours because... Well, here I am doing it the same old way I always do because right now it's what is working for me and everything else is not, you know, and I just get so frustrated. I get angry and I yell and scream at my computer and I don't know why, you know, it's so frustrating that I frustrate myself and that's what I do. I frustrate myself. I'm not frustrating anybody else there's nobody here there's nobody here and I think that's what it is is that I'm trying to 
give all of you out there the best possible visual thing that I can give you as well as audio, but I want to try new stuff and then I do and I get frustrated because it doesn't work the way I want it to and I haven't given my enough, uh, myself enough time to get used to it. So I just yelled and screamed for about an hour and a half, you know, screwing everything up and then uh, started recording uh, bas- basically exactly how I always do. You know, I uh, just... The frustration is real, people. I just, I don't know why I do it to myself. That's what I'm trying to get at here. It's just yelling and screaming at inanimate objects is not the way to fix anything. And I bet you my neighbors think I'm crazy because these walls are not that thick. And I know that you can hear me yelling outside because my wife has told me she's heard me yelling outside. So... And specifically from this room, you know, maybe I was in the middle of a project and something pissed me off and I start yelling and screaming at it. Again, just an inanimate object, no reason to yell and scream at it. But for some reason, I just can't seem to, I'm not good with change, even if it's the change that I want. Like I want different camera angles. I want different capturing, uh, qualities i want all these things but then i'm like oh okay i wonder how they do it and i'm trying it out myself and i'm like now i see why you need more than one person this is really difficult to change camera angles have multiple camera angles and do all the screen capturing and all this other wonderful stuff it's very difficult to do by yourself i'm not gonna lie to you this is difficult for me but it's also a learning curve so I try not to get too mad at it but when you're trying to do something in a timely manner and I have other things that I have to get done today because that's just the way life is you start getting upset because now I'm running out of time you know I'm burning burning daylight they like to say so that's what's been going on with me for the last couple hours um You know, the weekend, uh, everybody knows this. If you live in New England, we went from, I think it was like Wednesday, Thursday. It was 80, 90 degrees here, hot, sweltering. It was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I loved every moment of it. I couldn't get enough of it. And then I believe it was Friday morning. I wake up to let the dogs out. We had a storm coming in, you know, lots of rain. And... I open up the door, and it's friggin' fall. I was like, what the hell happened? It's 56 degrees out, um, or was it 48? More like, I think it was 48 on Friday, and then Saturday it was a little bit closer to the 50s. But still, two really cold, like, fall days, nothing but rain, um, you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe Saturday I can rake. Well, it wasn't raining in the morning, but it rained overnight, so you can't rake. You know, I'm trying to pick up helicopters. It's never going to work. And then I'm like, all right, I told Tyler I can't hang out today because I'm going to do some raking. And, of course, the rain stopped yesterday morning, started up around 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and it didn't stop until... 9, 10 o'clock this morning. So I didn't get to 
rake my yard yet. I still have a million and one helicopters all over the place. We're just running them over in the driveway, making a mess, and it's just driving me crazy because, like, one, I hate cleaning up after these trees. I've said this a hundred times now, I feel like, and I know it's annoying to talk about over and over again, but I did call a tree company. Obviously, I forgot today was a holiday, and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get a call back tomorrow and I can get somebody out here to look at this crap because I'm done cleaning up. I'm done. I'm sick of raking, you know, multiple times in the fall. I'm sick of raking multiple times in the summer. And I am just tired of cleaning up after these trees. If I didn't have the trees outside, I would have been able to mow my lawn, actually mulch it for the first time, you know, I think I talked about it last week. I was going to mulch my lawn, and I couldn't because of the helicopters. Well, now I have to rake my entire yard in order to mow again because now they've all been driven into the ground by the rain, and I have to get rid of them. So company called it, coming out, hopefully within the next week or two. Um, just looking for the estimate and then, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. You know, I don't know what this is going to cost. I'm sure the cost of it has gone up, uh, quite a bit, you know what I mean? And it's a garbage tree, even though it's a hardwood, it's, it's, it's value is zero. Nobody wants it. It's just garbage wood. So I don't know what they would be able to do with it except for turn it into probably bark mulch at best. So those, that's another thing that's going on right now. I'm really trying to get this cleaned up so that I never have to do this again. I'm hoping that I can get it done by the, by the, by the winter, but I doubt it at this point. People have probably got appointments backed up forever. So I've been having a lot of temptations lately. Like things are frustrating me. Things are upsetting me. I'm trying new things and they're not working the way I want them to. So I get frustrated. So I have these temptations and I've just learned to battle them a little bit better. Right. And, but I, I still have them. I still get them. So it is very frustrating to have these thoughts pop into the brain. You know, we're getting, I'm getting close to my fifth year now. Um, so maybe that's part of the struggle. You know, I'm sick of the trees outside. So those make me upset, you know, looking at my yard and having to clean it up pisses me off. Um, and when anything pisses me off, that's when the temptations come back. You know, uh, uh, we just, we just had to get a new dryer that, that fucking set me off. Um, you know, I just, so many things just trigger old memories. They trigger old responses and old habits. And it's like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. But the brain has been doing it for so long that it's just like, it's, it's very frustrating. And I'm just dealing with all this stuff. I'm dealing uh, with the temptations to drink still on like a regular. And I, I just don't understand why these thoughts won't go away. And I don't know if it's that I don't understand that the thoughts won't go away. It's that, like, I just wish they would, you know? I wish my brain would stop recalling all these old habits. I've made so many new habits in the last four and a half years 
that I'm like, what are we doing? Why am I doing this? And, um, but that's, that's, those are the things that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with right now. I am dealing with this. It's, it's been frustrating. I'm not sure where to go with it, you know, um, and I really just wanted to see how everybody else is doing too. How are you dealing with it? You know, do you do what I do and, you know, go grab a can of liquid death because it's like opening a, a, a bottle of a can of beer, you know, that I don't know why that's refreshing to me. The simple fact that like cracking open this can of water is like triggering for my brain and it's actually satisfying. So I found that to really help me. I think that's what I keep doing. I just keep finding little things that help me through the day, through the moments, um, because that's how these things come and go now uh, for me. It's just moments in time. You know, I was just yelling and screaming at my computer and I was like, man, I could go for a drink. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why? Why do I think that way? And I don't have an answer for it. I don't have an answer for it. And that's what's frustrating is that I have no answers for this. I, I can't figure out why four and a half years later, I'm still leaning on the old habits that I want, I truly want to get away from completely. And, um, you know, I hope all of you are doing good out there. I hope everybody is getting done what they have to get done. I'm hoping that, you know, everybody's doing well. And I hope that if you... Uh, started uh, your your sobriety, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Whatever you started, I hope you're still continuing to do it. And if you are, hit me up. Let me know. I would love to talk about it. And it probably would, if you've already, if you've got a trick, right? If you've got something that you do and it works for you, um, it would be great to hear those things because it might work for me too. Um, so I got a couple... St- stories, um, you know, before we get into the current events that I want to get into today. Um, and these are some jail stories. Yeah, I think I've told a few of, uh, stories about me going to jail, but I don't know if I told you any stories about me being in jail. And, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to tell you what it was like for me to be processed. Um, and I'm just going to take you through it, you know, and then uh, it might land uh, somewhere and it might not, but we'll see. So let's see. It's 2004. Um, I'm in court and I get found guilty of resisting arrest and because the cops uh, couldn't get me on the DUE. Um, the judge was probably offended, you know, that I fought back at the cops and did what I did. So because they could get me on the resisting arrest, I don't know if this was the maximum you get for resisting arrests, but they made an example out of me and, uh, sent me away for 30 days in Brentwood. Now this is not prison. I have never been to prison. I have only been to jail. And if you're like, why are you explaining it like that? Jail is much different than prison. Jail is what we like to call like kitty camp. And anybody who's been to jail 
knows exactly what I'm talking about. It is nothing like prison. And now, yes, I know I have never been to prison, so how can I know that? Because I know people that have been to prison. And I've told them about my jail time, and they've told me about their prison time. So we've had stories back and forth. And, yeah, no. It's it's a, it's a f- county farm is just like a getaway. Now, how jail works is, is if you are doing under three years, I think it's three, right? I think anything over three years, you have to go to prison. I think that's how they do it. Plus, it depends on what your crime was. Um, We'll also determine where you're going. But if you are um, convicted and the prison isn't ready for you, they will put you in county farm before you go to prison. So there's all kinds of fun things that they do um, to move people around and make up space. You know, I, I was in jail with a couple people. Uh, that were waiting to get moved to prison, unfortunately. Their bid was much longer than the county wanted them there. You know what I mean? What I just told you. They were, they were going to be there longer than whatever the maximum is you can stay in county. I can't remember if it's a year or three years. I feel like it's three, but I might be wrong. Like I said, I only did 30 days. You know, so <clears throat> I get convicted. I get cu- I get handcuffed. I get put into the holding cell in the courthouse. And I'm sitting there waiting, uh, crying, you know, because I wasn't expected to get locked up. So I'm crying. I'm upset. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. I got two bitches out there fucking who got my car right now. Um, That's not a good thing. I wasn't expecting them to have my car. They were just supposed to drive it to the courthouse so that I could drive it home. So now they have my car, they have all my belongings in my car, they have access to my apartment, they have access to everything, and, you know, I probably shouldn't have said bitches, I apologize, they're not bitches, they were people that I was, that I'm angry with in general, and that's on me, I have to let go of those grudges, you know, another thing I'm working on is letting go of grudges, letting go of my past hate. I still have hate for these people, but that's a different story. So I'm in court. We're waiting for the sheriff, and he shows up. They're taking us out. I'm in the Londonderry courthouse. So from Londonderry... We have to go to Valley Street in Manchester. So we go to Valley Street in Manchester. Then we go to Brentwood. So they had to make a stop, drop a bunch of people off. Then they had to drive us up to the rest. So I guess it just, like, I guess that was just a courthouse that everybody used. But depending on where um, your violation was, is dependent on where you get held. So Rockingham County goes to Valley Street. And I think I was in Merrimack County. They go to Brentwood. I could be wrong about this, but that's okay. It's not very important to the story anyways. I'm just trying to jog my memory a little bit here. Um, Let's see. So now we get to Brentwood and we have to be 
processed in. So they have you stripped down. They have you uh, bend over, open your ass up, cough, you know, the whole fucking thing. They're sticking their fucking fingers in your mouth to make sure you're not putting anything under your tongue or down your throat. That was really weird. Um, and then you just stand there in your underwear. Um, but you just stand there and then you, now you're actually, I don't even think we were in our underwear. I think we were stripped completely because they give you underwear. They give you socks. They give you the jumpsuit. They give you the shirts. So you get everything from them and all your shit just gets thrown into a bag, um, and, 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 and holding or whatever that place is for when you get to check out, you'll get all your street clothes, money, and all that stuff back. You don't get to take any of that stuff inside with you. Um, you know, you already got, I already got processed at the police station, so they don't take fingerprints. They don't take any of that. They have all that documentation right now. They're just processing you, sticking you in a holding cell. Um, and then you sit in the holding cell in the jail until they found a block for you so each jail prison broken down into blocks depending on your crime depending on uh maybe how violent you are will depend on damn it excuse me will depend on where they put you so uh, like hours later, I think I ended up falling asleep in there. Um, and it felt like hours and hours later, finally get processed completely. And they give me, uh, my, my stuff, my mattress, my pillow, all this shit you need to, uh, get into your, your, your jail cell. So. Now I'm being walked through the blocks. I think I wound up on G block and I don't believe Brentwood goes by G block anymore. Um, cause I, you know, spent some more time there later, but, uh, I went there again and I don't remember it being G block. I think I was, Oh, maybe it is still alphabetical and I was put on a different block. So Brentwood was broken down into blocks it was basically part of the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, maybe something like that. You never wanted to be on F block. Everybody wanted to be on G block. Um, and uh, the hardest, hardest block, like the fucking real dangerous people were on another, I can't remember the letter, but you didn't want to go near that block. So... Um, I finally get in, uh, I will have to walk, I have to be escorted, you know, um, with a CEO. We walk down all these hallways, walking through doors. And that's another thing. The doors, I didn't, I mean, when I got out, I didn't stop hearing those for weeks. They're so loud. And they're like, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all that stuff, they fucking... Those latches, they have control over them in the in in, in the in the room. Um, the COs do. They have like a control panel for the whole block, and um, they would always press the press the button, 
for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you would get woken up or interrupted by your door all of a sudden being like, chung, 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 chung. And then it would go, chunk, and it would open. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I can get out now. And then, you you know, you pop it open. And they're not light. They're heavy as hell. And, you know, the steel doors. They're meant to keep you in there, obviously. Not not bars. Not bars. These are steel doors with a little... No, it was a long window, but it was slender. So, um, you couldn't really... You could see out, but you couldn't see much. Um... So they would always, those doors, I would hear them all the time. And we're walking through all of these doors down the corridors. And it just boom, boom. And it's it's just so loud. It's so loud. And uh, so I finally get to my block. And now I have to spend the next seven days locked in the room. I'm not allowed to leave to eat. I'm not allowed to leave... For anything, because of tuberculosis. Did I say that right? God, that didn't sound right. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? Why am I having so much trouble? TB. All right? You can get it with you. I was a smoker, so they have to give you the TB shot. Um, And then in seven days, the shot will tell you whether or not you have it. If you don't, you can go out into Gen Pop. So now I'm stuck in my cell and I am, well, I can't remember the guy's name, but we were friends in junior high, a little bit in high school, but mostly junior high. So I wound up in Brentwood on G block in whatever cell I was in, and it just so happened to be somebody I went to school with. So it actually was kind of fun, you know. Uh, We were both TB shots, so we both had to stay in there, which I think is kind of interesting. I couldn't be out into Gen Pop, but I could be in the same room as him, even though he had a shot like a day or two before me. He was was there uh, a couple days before me, he was definitely going to be there some days after me, though. Um, but I just found it. I, I in my mind, I went, "Oh, that's weird. Why am I like roommates with somebody?" You know. But I obviously, room. There's exceptions to every rule. You know, an exception is an exception when you make it one. Since we could smoke in the jail in 2004, um, he had cigarettes. Uh, that was they didn't they didn't let me bring in my cigarettes. I still had those when I got out, but. I got some from people inside, and then I just promised everybody when I finally got my canteen, I would buy people cigarettes because I was buying a carton of smokes every week so that I could pay people because cigarettes, back in the day, it was cigarettes were gold, sugar was silver. So those two items right there would get you almost anything you needed. Um, so I, I, what he was doing was, is he would smoke a cigarette and it would, you know, we wouldn't smoke the entire thing, you know, it would get down close to the filter, but then you would always have a little bit of tobacco in there. So what he showed me was, is when we get low on our cigarettes, we take the wrapping off of the toilet paper, right? That paper wrapping, 
And then we cut that up in the papers. Like we rip it. And then you take those little nubs and you break the head off because you don't want that, that burnt shit. You just want the tobacco. Um, and you would take it and you just ro- put it all out on the table. And sometimes I would add a filter or I would just roll it and then I would stuff it into the filter so that you were still having a filtered cigarette, but now it's just all the little nubs rolled into one and we're doing it with toilet paper wrapping. (laughs) So I don't know if you've ever bought one single thing of toilet paper, but that's exactly what they give you in jail is one roll of toilet paper and it always came with this plain white paper over it. Now, I don't know if you should be smoking that, but at the time it worked. So we did it. Um, so now we're in quarantine, right? Well, weird saying that like that, but yeah, we were basically quarantined from gen pop and, uh, you know, we have to wait our seven days. So these are the things he's showing me. We're playing checkers We're uh, you know, I got books that I can read because he had them in the room. You know, he's been there a couple more days than I have. He's gotten a few more things. So he's sharing them with me. I I will be honest with you. Now, I told you I was crying when I got arrested and got put into the holding cell in the courthouse. When I got into jail, there was no more crying. That was it. It was over. Every emotion that I thought was weak, I threw out. I threw them all out. I didn't cry when I got in there. I was upset for sure. It's a little, it, it, it's a little shell shocking, right? Is that what I'm looking for? Shocking period. But it's a little shocking when you walk in there and you got to go through all this stuff and you know that you're not leaving here, right? So I threw away those emotions. Yeah. It was just something I had to do. And the way I got through that was I went to sleep. I went to sleep. Even though he was in the room with me, I would just sleep. I think I slept for three days. I did as much sleeping as possible. He did the same thing. That's all we did. Like you, if you're stuck in that cell with nothing to do except for smoke cigarettes, eat and play checkers, maybe read some books while you're awake, just sleep. It was the easiest thing for me to do to hopefully pass the time quickly, which doesn't really happen in there. Time does not move fast because you're not doing anything. It does pick up when you get to be out with everybody else and, you know, communicate with the other people. But when you're locked in that cell for seven days, it was the longest seven days of my life. Um, so that being said, when I needed to st- When I first got there and I realized it was somebody that I knew, a little bit of those emotions were set free. 
because I felt kind of comfortable because I actually did know this person, you know? And he looked right at me and he goes, don't fucking do that, dude. Don't do that. He's like, anybody here sees you doing that, you're a target. And that's when I realized that I got to stuff all this down. I got to get rid of it. So I did. I got rid of it. I stuffed it way down. And I just pretended like I was on vacation in a sense. I mean, I didn't have work. I didn't have bills, you know. I mean, I lost my job because of this. Um, you know, I had just gotten hired, so it was really easy to fire me. You know, they're like, oh, you go. Okay, bye-bye. Um, but I did. I spent most of my time sleeping and uh, just trying to uh, make the best of it, you know, towards the end, like three days in, you can't even sleep anymore. So now you've done the opposite to yourself. You, I've slept for three days. And now, three days later, I can't sleep. My body has gotten so much sleep and so much rest that now I can't, I can't go back to sleep. So now I'm awake all fucking day, barely capable of going to sleep even when it's lights out because they make you shut your lights off. You can't leave your light on at night. You, you got you got to shut it down, and the guards will come to your door, and they will tell you to shut off your light. It doesn't matter if you're reading a fucking book. Use the moonlight, asshole. You have no rights, and that's what I, I, a lot of people uh, make me upset when they say that I'm a prisoner and I have rights too. You, you do to an extent. Like, if you're getting beat, you get, like, you're sick, yeah, you, you got rights. You need to be taken care of. You need to pr- be, be protected um, from getting hurt. Got it. But you don't need to keep your light on and read your book. Like, you don't need to do that. That's not, that's not yours anymore. That's not your freedom anymore. It's not your right anymore. You have a right to live, and you have a right to feel safe. That's Those are the only two rights you get in jail or prison. That's it. Other than that, they don't give a fuck about you or the next person next to you. They do not care. You are just a number to them who is doing time for being X, Y, or Z. And that's all they see you as. Now, there are some good CEOs. I got on some friendly basis with some CEOs, but those things will happen. You will find all kinds of people that you didn't think you could talk to that now you're talking to. You know, I, I, I met a whole bunch of people that were in there for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but it was it was crazy. It was crazy being processed. It was, I mean, it's not like I haven't been processed before, but only by the jail. I've only been arrested for the most part, brought to, you know, though, sorry, the police station, not the jail, being brought to the police station, fingerprint, and then someone comes and picks me up and I get brought home. So when you get processed into jail and then put into a holding cell and then move from that holding cell to another cell within the block, and now we're waiting seven days to get on the block, 
You know, because you get yard time. You get um, all kinds of stuff. So now I can't sleep, right? <sighs> so the next four days are going to be fun. So what do I start doing? Push-ups, crunches, anything I can to make myself tired. I am doing those things. And now you can only do so much in a jail cell. So it was basically push-ups and crunches. We could do some squats, but that wasn't really big back then. You know, there wasn't as many people that I was talking to while we were working out uh, doing squats, you know, doing, doing presses. Everybody was working on chest, chest, shoulders, back, but not a lot of leg work. I don't think they allowed a lot of leg work, um, but we did have a machine for legs um, in in the, in the, in the, um, I don't know. I don't remember what they called it. Cause we have a yard and it's gen pop where everybody gets together, but it's called something and I can't recall what it's called. So I apologize for that, but it was right there by the food and stuff. You know, it was a nice little machine. You could walk around it. All the weights were attached. You know, you moved the little metal thing and it would, so I'm trying to make my time go by. I'm trying to make myself tired. So now I'm doing push-ups, doing uh, crunches, doing all kinds of stuff that I can do to make myself tired. And it allows me to sleep, which is great. I can finally sleep. Also, I'm getting on like a routine, right? Because now it's been five, six days I'm getting up when the door's clickety-clacking in the morning, breakfast, and then it's clickety-clacking in the afternoon, and then it does it again for evening, for dinner, and then, you know, four or five hours after that, I think it was around nine, maybe maybe 10 o'clock. I don't even think, they, I think it was nine. They would tell you lights out. So I was finally getting into a routine like that, and I was starting to tire myself and sleep normally and eat regularly. So now we get to day seven and I finally get let into gen pop. So what that means is, is when my door unlocks in the morning, it's I'm allowed to walk out of it before it would unlatch pop open but we weren't allowed to leave. We'd have to wait until the CEO brought us our breakfast. Um, so now I can actually get out. I can grab a tray. I can get in line. And I get to get my breakfast. And then once I get my breakfast, I get to sit down. Well, this is very nerve-wracking as well because now I'm looking around. Now, granted, I sit near my cellmate. That's what made sense to me. I'm not going to go and try to find somewhere else to sit because I have no idea who any of these people are. And the only person I've been talking to for seven days is this gentleman here. So the smartest thing for me to do was to stick with him and keep my head down. And so I did. And that got me... Further than I think, you know, I never had to defend anything. I didn't have anybody trying to rape me. I didn't have anybody stealing my food. I didn't have any of that. So there was no reason for me to cause an 
a ruckus. And it was just, it was easy for me to keep my head down, you know, in a sense. It wasn't like I was looking at the looking at the ground and never making eye contact with people. But I just, I make eye contact, say hello, whatever. They ask me my name, great. They don't, great. But I liked to leave it in other people's hands. So if you're the one not going up to people and talking, eventually people started coming up to me. And that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't want to approach anybody and piss them off. I'd rather have people approach me to find out that, you know, they can talk to me. And that worked out really well for me overall. Um, You know, after we got out into Gen Pop and we got our food, um, I think it wasn't more than three days later, uh, they assigned us two different cells and they split us up. And they do that for reasons. They see people getting along. They see people that know each other. They separate them because that's an issue. They start plotting together. They start planning things. They start doing things. And I'm not going to say I wasn't. I was doing things. I was getting my hands on apples, apple juice, uh, bread. I was hoarding sugar. I was doing everything in my power to make alcohol inside jail. (laughs) Because that's how addicted I was to alcohol. Is that even in there, even seven days sober, because of, you know, being stuck in there and not having alcohol, I'm now seven days sober, right? Well, now I'm about, actually, I think when we got split up, uh, you know, 10 days. So... We get split up. I get moved into somebody else's cell. He gets moved into somebody else's cell. And the guy that I ended up bunking with this time was just as cool. Just as nice. Um, You know, open to share things. Open to communication. Like to play the board games, you know. Um, I really, really, really wish I had taken the time to... Play chess. I had opportunities to, and I just kept playing checkers. You know, and I kind of look back at that, and I'm like, damn it. Oh, and 45s. I loved playing cards, and everybody loved playing 45s, and that was like one of my favorite games when I got locked up. So these are a few of the things that I was doing while I was there. Now, mind you, we're only 10 days in and this is where I'm going to stop. But I did. I started hoarding sugar because I found out its value. And I was like, well, I don't put sugar in my coffee, but I go up and I get coffee every morning. So I'm just going to take some sugar back to my room, right? Take a couple packets, a couple days, adds up. Now I got something to barter with. I can get cigarettes now. I can give two sugar packets and get one cigarette. Fucking awesome. So now I'm getting cigarettes. I'm waiting for my canteen. That doesn't happen till like the 12th day. I finally get my canteen. Uh, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, so I got sugar. I got bread. I got apple juice. I got... Everything I need. So now what do I do? I take my cup, 
right? You 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 take a ramen cup, one of the styrofoam cups, because we would all get ramen, and it was just in, it was in the styrofoam cup. Um, you dump it out, or you eat it. You wash out the cup, and then you save the cup. Everybody saved their ramen cups. And then what you do is, is you get this little, like, coffee mug, plastic coffee mug that the jail gives you for your coffee, for brushing your teeth, stuff like that. So you have a little cup in your in your room for rinsing your uh, teeth after you brush, stuff like that. And you would take that and put apple juice in it. And then... You would take the wheat and the sugar and you'd, you'd put it all in that little white cup. And then the ramen cup only fit so far into the white cup. So now, basically, you get what everybody was doing was is they were taking their ramen cup, putting it inside the white cup with the little handle... And now you got a big cup that you can carry around with you. But the trick was, is in the little cup was all the ingredients to make alcohol. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, shit, I, this is great. Um, I'm just going to, you know, make alcohol. So I start making my alcohol, and I let that shit ferment for like a week. Now, mind you, it is only making like a shot or two. And I will tell you, it was absolutely disgusting. But boy, oh boy, did it fuck me up. So we find, I mean, there, there was all kinds of people with, I mean, one guy had a joint inside. That was awesome. Everybody's like, oh, it was weird. It was weird. So I got more stories to go off of my experience at Brentwood. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell it uh, next week. But yeah, so what goes on in jail is crazy. Um, but... That was my experience of getting processed and getting my uh, TB shot and then finally making it out into Gen Pop. Um, that's how it went down for me for the most part. And when we come back next, when I come back next week, I'll start off uh, from where I stopped with the uh, making of the alcohol. But I will tell you, it was gross, but it did the job. You know, and that was the important thing to me. I got to get fucked up finally. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. I love this website. It's amazing. They come up with new stuff all the time. Look at this. Brand new kids punch buggy t-shirt, kids tiki, and kids skate snake. I mean, these things are beautiful. Look at the prints on these. The camo. The, the colors on the shirts, the, the color prints on the designs, they're so bright, so colorful. They've got board shorts. I mean, these swim trunks are awesome, awesome, awesome. And they got brand new hats. This is one of my favorites is this pastel colored one. It's beautiful. It's got flowers on the bill. I mean, they're just awesome. 
And, of course, they've got their heavyweight and lightweight uh, uh, sweatshirts with hoods. They've got a sweatshirt with no hood. they got sweatpants, all with the high-quality embroidering on them. When you buy things, you always want your dollar to be worth something, right? When you buy from Slowdown, it is. You're going to get all the value of the money that you spent from these products. They still got neck gaiters, so even if you're not fully vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask. Get a neck gaiter. Way more comfortable and super cool looking. Uh, They got gloves for working in the yard. They got uh, leggings for women. They still got winter beanies, and I know there's a lot of people out there that like to wear a winter beanie all year round. This is the winter beanie for you. But you can only get this stuff here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell that? It's right here at the bottom of the screen. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m., Feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171, and you can always shop inside our store. I am always so excited to tell you all about the new products that we have at New Hampshire Vape Gallery and to let you know that they're always in stock when you're looking for them. And what am I talking about? What? Escobars. That's right. Number one disposable on the market. There is nothing better than an Escobar. 2,500 puffs, $25. They've got 12 different flavors to choose from. And we've got all the Escobars in stock right now. You can come in and grab those. But we've also got an RPM 2. Yep, amazing. 5.7 mil tank, RPM 2 coil, and the brand new IPX80. Water-resistant, shock-resistant, also uses the RPM2 coil. These products are top of the line, and they're in stock today at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. So come on in and shop our giant selection of disposables, flavors, tanks, mods, and coils today. And come and see me, Topher. At 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, we're open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m., and I look forward to seeing you there. NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. I have told you over and over again, I love this website. I love supporting small businesses, and this is one of my favorites. That is because they have everything that I need for my lips, my uh, skin, and my hands, keeping them clean. And don't forget, I like to relieve a little bit of stress at night as well, so the foot and body soak is just amazing. Now, if you have a beard, their beard oil is phenomenal, great product, two different scents. It's going to help it look smooth, keep it younger looking, and it's just overall going to help keep your beard nice and neat. So you can get any one or all five of these products at naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. Buy one, 
or all five of these products today. And now, back to the show. Current events. I talked about getting my uh, vaccination shot. And the problem with that is, is I'm wondering if anybody else. All right. So I am just putting this up on the screen real quick because I wanted to ask everybody. All right. I got my very first shot of Moderna two weeks ago um, yesterday. And I feel fatigued still. Now, please. Um, if I'm overreacting like my dad told me I was today, let me know. Um, I'm not sure that I am. I don't feel the same when I wake up in the morning. Uh, I've been having, uh, warm flashes. Um, but this, uh, uh, you know, just feeling tired. Um, obviously that's what fatigued is, but I'm feeling tired to the extent where when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm so exhausted. I can't even like get out of it. I haven't run in a couple days because, well, Thursday when I was in class, shout out to CJ, um, great takedown. But when he drove his shoulder into my rib cage, um, I got bruised. I got bruised bad. And it's not his fault. This is how the game is played. Trust me. I am not saying that anything was done wrong. Um, I'm not complaining. But I was in a l so much pain that it hurt to laugh, sneeze, cough, and run. I couldn't do any of that shit. So, really, really got me good. Um, I've obviously got to defend myself better on takedowns um, to not allow that to happen. But... I also noticed that I'm just really tired. I'm really, really tired. And I was talking to my dad today, and he goes, I don't understand a fucking word that's coming out of your mouth. I had the shot. I feel great. I had the second shot. I feel fine. And I even got this shot, and I still feel fine. So what is wrong with you? And I go, well, everybody is different. And I have read that some people have been feeling these symptoms. And I don't know... If these symptoms are right after the shot or weeks after the shot. So I'm curious if there's anybody else out there that has had the first Moderna shot and within the first couple weeks couldn't shake the feeling of tired, fatigue, and a little bit of achiness. Let me know, because I have looked this up, obviously. It's like, what to expect. That's why I had it on the screen. I was hoping this was going to tell me something, and it doesn't. It doesn't tell me about any symptoms after the fact. So maybe my dad's right. Maybe I'm just making this up in my head. I'm not sure. But I just wanted to see if anybody else has felt the same as I do right now. Wednesday morning, I was super tired in class. And uh, Thursday morning, I felt pretty droggy, like just run down. And when I got into class, I wasn't performing as good as I thought I should be. Um, I was just, I was, I don't know. It was weird. And I feel like because of that is why I got injured because I, I couldn't defend myself properly maybe. But 
I mean, his takedown was phenomenal. And maybe that's just what happens. I don't get taken down a lot because we don't do a lot of stand-up. So when you're not doing a lot of stand-up, you don't get taken down a lot. So you don't know what a common injury is from a takedown. So maybe that's another question I have. Is a common injury of a takedown, like bruised ribs, abs, like obviously, right? Because when they take you down, their shoulders are right there and they're just driving into you and you, you know what I mean? So I'm assuming that my injuries are quite normal, which I'm almost through. I'm hoping they'll be gone by Wednesday, but it's still a little tender, but I'm, I'm going running tomorrow now that this rain is hopefully behind us. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody else is feeling this way, please let me know, send it on over to the email. The reason, the other reason that I'm bringing up my first shot is because, uh, one, I had a couple customers younger than me come into the store, right? They're coming into New Hampshire vape gallery and I'm like, you need to put your mask on. I'm still asking people to put their mask on until I'm 100% vaccinated on June 29th. That's when I will be fully, or is it 27th? It's 27th or 29th. It just depends on when I get my second shot. 14 days from the second shot, I will be fully vaccinated. It's either going to be June 27th or June 29th. I will no longer ask anybody to put on a mask at that point. Because I want to believe in our science. But the science only works if you do it correctly. Now, so many people out there like to think that they know what they're talking about, pretend that they know something or know what they're talking about. And then you have the people that just don't pay attention at all and only hear what they want to hear. So the guy comes, they both come to go into the shop and I go, uh, sorry, you guys, you have to wear a mask. They go, okay. I thought we were past this, you know, the same fucking bullshit I keep getting. Yeah, I got it. The mandate's gone. You can no longer be arrested for the mass mandate. That's what all it was. The mandate was so that the government could fucking break up parties and arrest you. So I go through that whole spiel. And then um, he's like, but I, I he was lean, he tried to lean. I have a support pole in the store. He tried to lean on it. And when he leaned on it, he got off it real fast. And I go, oh, you, you got your first shot? I was like, did you get your first or second shot? He goes, I just got my first shot, and now I'm vaccinated. I said, excuse me? He goes, I'm vaccinated now. That's why I was more ups- That's why I was so upset you were asking me to put on the mask. I'm vaccinated. I got my shot. And I go, what shot did you get? And he goes, Moderna. And I go, cool, me too. Your first one? He goes, yeah. I go, you're not vaccinated. He goes, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. And I said, no. No, you're not. It's a six-week process, bro. Six weeks. So you got your first shot. Yep. Four weeks from then, you're going to get your second shot. Oh, yep. And then two weeks after that, you'll be fully vaccinated and you can take your mask off. You are not vaccinated right now. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And this is the problem I'm having, is that there's too many people deciding what's right, what's wrong, and doing whatever they want. If we want the science to work, and I know there's a lot of people out there that don't want to be part of this experiment. I didn't want to be part of this experiment, but because the mandates are no longer in effect, 
I have no choice. I either get vaccinated or I'm going to get COVID. And guess what? The only thing the vaccination does is guarantee I don't wind up in the hospital. It's good enough for me. But I can still catch COVID while vaccinated. And I can still spread COVID while vaccinated. But if we're all vaccinated, catching COVID will no longer send you to the hospital. That's the importance of the shots, guys and girls and everybody out there. That's the point. So that nobody winds up in the hospital anymore. It doesn't mean you're never going to catch the virus, but it may also stop it from mutating. More people that get vaccinated, the virus spreads to vaccinated people, can't spread anymore, it dies, it can't mutate. So we stop mutations. So there's many reasons why you should get vaccinated, but it is ultimately up to you. And uh, New Hampshire, I think, was it New Hampshire? Passed the thing saying that all jobs can require you to get vaccinated in order to keep your... So be on the lookout for that. But you are not vaccinated if you've had one shot of a double shot vaccine. That is not true. Stop saying that. Keep your mask on for six weeks in total... And then once you've had your second shot and you're done, like I will be, then we can take our masks off. And that's the day I'm looking forward to it. And that's the last time I will ever ask anybody to wear a mask in my store. We're going to reevaluate things at the end of the year and see what else we want to change, depending on how this all goes. But as for me, if the scientists tell me that this is supposed to help me, get through that, and I can finally take my mask off, then I'm going to. And we'll see what happens. But I understand why people are scared of the vaccine to an extent, and I understand not wanting to make this decision, but your job might make it for you. But I was also somebody who didn't want to get the vaccine, but I don't want to catch COVID. So, I don't know. You decide. Moving on. All right. So, I wanted to know, and I know this probably is pretty dumb of me, I wanted to know the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. I didn't think they were the same, and now I understand what they are. But first, before I explain the differences, because this is only going to be a couple moments long, I wanted to play this video because I think this is really neat. Um... I don't know why it took me till my 40s to learn about this stuff. I don't know. I think I'm just more intrigued by everything today than I used to be. Plus, I was drinking and in a fog and didn't give a shit about anything. So that might have something to do with it, too. But I thought this was really neat. This is like a history, like a quick little minute and a half on uh, where, where Memorial Day came from. So I thought this was really cool, and I think it's appropriate. You know what I mean? Today is Memorial Day. You may be traveling or spending time with family, marking the unofficial start of summer. But this morning, we go beyond the headlines to look at what the day is really about and how it became what we know today. On Memorial Day, we salute the men and women who died while serving in our country's armed forces. It's been a federal holiday since 1971, but its history goes all the way back to the mid-1800s Right after the Civil War, the war led to the creation of national cemeteries. And by the 1860s, 
Cities and towns began holding springtime tributes for fallen soldiers. In 1868, General John A. Logan called for a National Day of Remembrance on May 30th, calling it Decoration Day. Mm. 5,000 people showed up at Arlington National Cemetery that first year to decorate the graves of 20,000 Union soldiers. The holiday continued for decades, commemorated every May 30th, with the name eventually changing to Memorial Day. Pretty cool, After right? World War I, the holiday changed to honor American soldiers killed in all wars. Fast forward to 1968, Congress passes the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, marking the last Monday in May as Memorial Day and declaring it a federal holiday. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I do love history. I love finding things out. I love learning new things. And unfortunately for me, I know we learned a lot of this stuff in school, but none of it stuck. It wasn't important to me. I didn't care. I didn't care about our history because our history was in our past and I was the future, right? That's how I thought when I was a kid. What, what does the past mean to me? It doesn't mean anything to me because uh, I wasn't there. But that's not true. Our history means a lot. We can learn from our history. We can learn from our past. And so I thought this was really cool. And I know that it's Thursday right now and Memorial Day is over. But I'm recording this on Memorial Day. So I thought it was really important. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the difference between the two. Um, and the difference between the two is real quick. Memorial Day is celebrating all the people that died in any U.S. war. And Veterans Day is celebrating all the people that have come home from war and are alive. So I thought that was really cool to find out. I had to do a little bit of research on this to figure it out like I do with every single current event that I do. And I just love it because... Doing these current events causes me to get uncomfortable and look into things and learn a little bit before I actually discuss it with you. So it was pretty cool to find these things out. I am kind of mad at myself for having these questions in the first place, but unfortunately, that's the way this rolled out. So... The next thing I want to talk about was this, and it'll be USPS is redoing all of their trucks. And I thought this was really cool because I didn't know that they get 10 miles per gallon. That's crazy. How are you running all these vehicles that are only getting 10 miles to a gallon? That is so wasteful with today's technology. <laughs> I was blown away. I mean, it's obvious that they don't have airbags. It's obvious that they don't have heat or AC or any amenities whatsoever. I mean, we hear U UPS drivers complain about it. Fe FedEx drivers complain about it. The Postal Service people, they complain about it all the time. That's like the one thing my drivers always complain about. When the weather shifts, they have no way to get warm or cold in their trucks. And that is just 
ridiculous. These people are stuck in these vehicles all day, every day, delivering us our packages. So the least that these that it, that it, that the companies can do is provide them with simple things like heat, AC, and um, I don't know airbags. What the fuck, people? What are we doing? How do they have no airbags? You know, like I I I knew that they didn't have any airbags, but why is it okay for them to be driving around with no airbags? That's nuts. Now I'm not saying UPS and FedEx have no airbags, although I believe they don't. They need to save money. They're buying fleets of these trucks. And if you don't know what a fleet is, it's an enormous amount of vehicles. So in order to get us our packages, they have an enormous amount of vehicles. And in order to buy all of the vehicles, they cut back on certain things. I don't think airbags should be one of them. That, that, I mean, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're like, hey, driver, uh, if you get into an accident, mm, you might make it crazy to me but anyways that's not what i brought this up for what i brought it up for was the simple fact that i didn't realize another thing how much these vehicles have changed over the years so i thought it was pretty cool we'll go through them real quick um so you got 1895 you have a reg regulation wagon regulation wagon in 1899 you have a rural delivery wagon um, in 1900, there was a thing called screen wagons. Check this out. 1901, they have an electric automobile. 1901. Huh. But we did also learn from the electric vehicles that are coming out today that the electric vehicles came out uh, during gas vehicles back in the day, but it really wasn't sustainable. Then you have uh, 1901, they got a rural delivery vehicle, a uh, wagon, so they went back to wagons in 1901. Obviously, the electric vehicle died real quick. Um, then you got the Columbia automobile in 1906, so now we actually have an engine. Then you got motorcycles in 1911, parcel post truck in 1913, a mail truck in 1913, Auto car truck in 1914, automobile in 1914. Then they went to motorcycles also in 1914. They still had their parcel wagons, um, mail trucks. Uh, then we go to 1915 where you get new parcel wagons. Then you got a government mail truck also in 1915. Um, let's see. Then we got a horse-drawn sled in 1920. Then we go full automobile in 1930. 1950, they get a Jeep. Um, then you have a highway post office. 1953, it looks like a friggin' bus. Um, then you got a sit-stand truck in 1964. Anybody know what a sit-stand truck is? Um, let's see. Then they got this crazy looking thing. It's got one wheel in the front, two wheels in the back. And I know I sh I'm sorry for all my viewers that listen and listen only. Um, I'm going to try and get a little bit better at describing what I'm looking at. Um, but now I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start now basically. 
Um, so the Maelster in 1964 has got one wheel up at the front, two in the back. So it's more like a, what the, a three-wheeler, which are super dangerous. Um, we used to drive. We used to have a three-wheeler back in the day. At least my friends did. I didn't. But I drove it. And you would you you cut that thing too tight, you'd hurt yourself pretty good. Um, let's see. 1965 looks like another type of truck. Um, they called it a Maelster. 1973, um, they go to bicycles. So all the way from 18... 95 to 1973, you have a mixture between wagons and automobiles and bikes and then bicycles and stuff like that. So basically, as our um, as we're building cars and doing stuff, I feel like the mail service was like, "Ooh, let us try this." You know what I mean? And then they finally came out with their actual mail trucks. Now this mail truck here. There was another article that I wanted to pull up, but it won't let me without subscribing to it for $4.99 a month, so they can go fuck themselves. But they showed the last uh, four mail trucks that we had before this brand new one that I'm going to show you. And they were really cool. They looked like uh, army jeeps. Um, and, uh, you know, all the way up until the mail truck that you see right in front of you that we have today. But here's their new one. Now, let me see. That's as big as I can make it. So look at this thing. It is pretty cool looking, actually. Um... I mean, it's got it's got the sliding door. It's got it's got a door to get in and out. So already you've got a bigger area to get in and out of the vehicle to grab packages from. Um, let's see. We'll hit the next. And then this is a side view. So they got blind spot mirrors. Um, this brand new backing. You know, emergency lights. Whatever else is on this thing. Their whole back door is different. The bumpers are different, you know. Um, really nice looking. Like, really, really nice. Look at the front of it. Pretty fucking cool, man. I'm actually excited to see these things on the road. Now, these are going to be electric. These are going to be electric. Um, I'm not sure if it's a hybrid. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, and then, here's everything that this truck is going to be equipped with you're going to have forward collision warning you're going to have airbags it's going to have air conditioning it's got blind spot warnings blind spot warning so everything that our cars have it's also going to have telematics uh, compatibility so they're going to be able to track all of these trucks through a satellite system Kind of like UPS, school buses. I mean, they're all doing it now. I think UPS, school buses, and FedEx, their rooftops have, uh, they're painted white, and it makes it easy to pick them up uh, visually. I don't know if they actually have the telematics uh, compatibility like this will, but that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, a lot of people do a lot of stupid things. So to know where all of your trucks are is probably a very good idea. 
It's going to have a 360 camera on it. Isn't that wild? I bet you, I wonder who's going to have control of that camera. It's probably home office, right? You got the backup camera. Um, there's a walk-in cargo area with cab access. So that's the giant back that I was, I was showing you. The, the back door is actually bigger now. You got your front rear, uh, front and rear bumper sensors. Super important today. You have automatic front and rear braking. So this thing is going to basically do what all of our smart cars are doing today uh, without driving itself. You know, my, my wife does the exact same shit. It can keep itself in a lane. If you put it on cruise control, you can set how far away you want to be from a car. It'll stay exactly that distance away from a car. It'll change. It, it, I mean, these cars are doing a lot of shit today besides self-driving, you know. I think Tesla is the only one that's really got that down pat, but I think Porsche is working on it too. Um, and then you have uh, the, 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 the sliding side cargo door that I was first speaking of. And then, of course, you have your automatic electric parking brake, which all of our vehicles are pretty much equipped with today. Not mine. Mine, is, I still have a hand pull. Um, but, yeah, so these vehicles will be showing up on the road in 2023. So they're top of the top of the line vehicles for the people getting us our packages. Um, I think they're starting out with 50,000 vehicles. And they're hoping to get those on the road by 2023. Um, replacing all their old gas guzzling mail trucks. Now, what do we do with those all? When they start replacing them all, what are they going to do with all the old ones? Are they going to, like, scrap them and, and use them as, like, melt down their parts and stuff and use them for these new vehicles? Like, how is this working? What, is there a recycling program involved in this? Like, what are we doing to get rid of all those old trucks? You know, this is, a, this is a question I always ask whenever we're doing anything new because it's so weird that everything, you know, we get new shit and then no one asks where all the old shit went. And it's like, will we just be dumping all these mail trucks on a different country and being like, hey, you guys need these? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, cool. We're dropping them off Tuesday. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's what, what happens, but I, I, I believe it does. Um, let's see here. Let me see real quick, see if there's anything else. The Postal Service is preparing to spend as much as $6 billion to retire those trucks starting in 2023. The fleet replacement is a long overdue. Yes, it is. LLVs have far exceeded their projected 24-year lifespan. Those things were only supposed to be around for 24 years? Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't... See, that's cool to find out, right? They actually had like an expiration date on the old trucks, 24 years, and they first came out in 1987. So 2000 was, no, that's only 13 years. 2021, stupid. It's been another 21 years. So you had 13 years on top of 21. So that thing made it. 34 years. Wow. They went 10 years more 
than they were supposed to with those trucks. Isn't that fucking wild to find out? See, these are all things I love finding out. So cool. Um, they say the broil uh, during the summer, shivering in the winter, and they only get 10 miles to a gallon. So all the stuff that I already talked about. But that was pretty cool, huh? So our mail trucks will be updating, um, and they will be more efficient. They'll be electric, and they'll keep the drivers safer uh, by having all the safety features that they should have on them um, for the roads today. So pretty cool. I thought that was really neat. I always said I always I, I thought that the mail trucks needed to be updated. And, uh, you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of the delivery people at the shop, you know, always getting packages and talking to those drivers that are bringing them into me. And I will have to say the number one complaint that they always complain about is the vehicle itself. They always complain about it, especially during the winter and summer. It's, it's, they're just always unhappy. So I bet you this will be a little bit turnaround for the morale of the drivers. Um, they'll probably be happier. And uh, with those things not sucking up, ten, you know, burning uh, 10, miles per ga- uh, 10 miles a gallon. I mean, that's a giant, giant change, you know. But it's like, okay, so are they going to make sure that they have enough battery life to make it for a full route? Or are these guys going to have to, like, plan their route around possibly um, having to park and let it charge. Um, So now they're going to have to add that into their day where they have to stop and charge the thing and then continue on with their deliveries. So I don't know. You take the, you got to ask these questions. Hopefully they got them all answered before they, uh, before they spend the $6 billion to switch all this over. Um, But I think it's going to be cool. They look neat. I think they're pretty neat. So that's my current events for the day. I have got to get out of here. I am already way past my time. Um, but I appreciate everybody who has been watching, listening, keeping up with me. All the new subscribers out there, I thank you so much. You make this totally worth it. And I just want to remind everybody to check out the sponsors, okay? The sponsors help keep the podcast afloat. So all of the things that I ask you to do, it's just so that I can keep coming back to you week after week. So remember, uh, subscribe, um, set those alarms so you know when all the new episodes upload. Give the thumbs up on the videos, um, rate, review, And, of course, share this thing. Pass it around. I'm hoping that if you're enjoying it, somebody you know will enjoy it as much as you do. If you want to get involved with the podcast, you want to have a say, you want to talk about something, send it on over to talkinwithtofer at gmail.com. Again, that is talkinwithtofer at gmail.com. Put whatever you want to talk about in the subject line, and we will talk about it. Again, T-A-L-K-I-N Wittofer at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on social media. Go there, give the follow. Great way to get some extra content. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Again, that is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. So go there and follow me, all right? I hope everybody has a wonderful uh, rest of your Thursday Have a great weekend. I hope you had a great Memorial Day, even though the weather was shit. But that's okay. We're going to get through this. It's New England. 
like I always say, wait five minutes. That weather's going to change, okay? So um, that's it. That's that. And um, enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you later.